Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Friday. It's Friday. That means Duffified Live Day. That's what we're looking for. Wow, man. Last week was a super heavy show. How about that? Talking about human trafficking. Okay, with Raleigh Sadler. That was a pretty big show. I hope uh, I hope everybody got a little bit of an insight. I know I got some education out of that, and I hope that you guys did as well. Uh, Raleigh is a really, really good dude um, and a, a really good project that he's working on that kind of, you know, oddly enough, is something that we don't hear much about. But when you think about it, it, it it's, it's kind of impressive. You know, he said to go to a website, and it can give you your footprint of slavery or of slaves that make all the products that we're interested in or that I use. And I've apparently got 50 slaves working on all my shit. That's fucked up. So, you know, uh, I'm not real happy about that. I think that's kind of weird. So, but, you know, uh, you guys can make a difference, raise awareness for it, and do all that stuff. That's what I'm asking of you. Uh, this week is uh, kind of a big week for us. Uh, for me, it's a culmination of an entire year's worth of work that's coming together. And this is the uh, Food and Beverage Innovation Center out there at the nightclub and bar show. If you're in the industry, it's not too late. Okay, it's not too late. I'm telling you right now. It may be Friday. This show doesn't start until Monday. Get out to the nightclub and bar show. Come out and check us out. If you go to night, if you go to this website right now, it's ncbshow.com forward slash registration. Put in the code Chef Bryduff, and you're going to get $50 off your ticket. It's really important that you guys do that. All right. If you're in the industry, Come out to the nightclub and bar show, man. It's not the old nightclub and bar show, you know, that was that was that was bar rescue centric. You know, I mean, that was really what it was all about at that point. It's it's about the education. It's about the information. It's about the innovation of everything that's happening. We've had major plays, man. We've had major changes in technology that have happened in the last five years, five years. Think about how far we've come along. Think about the basics of a POS system that used to be a $40,000, $30,000, $70,000, $100,000 system that we would do as an investment. And now we're into a cloud-based system that's costing you four grand. You know, there's a lot of technology out there of things that you can work with and you can learn about. So I want you to come out to that show. I want you to find out more about it. Go to NCB show forward slash registration. Put in the code Chef right off. You're going to get a ticket. With 50 bucks off. You can't beat that, man. It's a really cool thing. So um, one of my big things about going out to Vegas is I'm not the big party guy in Vegas. Vegas offers a lot of opportunity for people to get in trouble. And I try to run away from trouble as much as possible, despite the fact that I seek some of it out in certain parts of the country. I was up in New York this past week, and some friends of mine were telling me about a little town. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to get shot, but there's a little town in upstate New York. Apparently, they removed the signs from the town, and if you're pulling in there, they will full-blown surround your car and find out what you're doing there. And I'm talking surround your car with shotguns. They want to know why you're there, what your point is, why you're driving through their town. I want to meet these people. You know why? I want to find out what the fuck they eat. I have some feeling that there's some pretty cool shit that goes on out there that I would love 
love, love to see what happens in that town. So do me a favor. Go and explore. Yeah. But don't explore in Vegas. Exploring in Vegas is a whole different world. Exploring in Vegas can get you in trouble. You heard about the tunnels. There's a whole documentary that was done about the tunnels of Vegas. I stay out of those tunnels. But what I do, I find some great bars. Um, a couple cool little spots like the Pepper Mill. It's one of my favorites. As well as the Double Down, man. Double Down is one of my favorite dive bars in the country. It's my Tuesday night spot. Last time, last week or uh, three weeks ago, I was out there. I hung out at the Double Down on a Tuesday night and just jammed, man. There was an awesome band that was playing. It was kind of like an open mic in a, in a little bit. And then there was a DJ that came on after. Like, that's my world. Sticking to the floor, drinking shots called ash juice. That's my kind of world, man. I like to explore and have fun. The Pepper Mill is this great little lounge um, with a fireside bar behind it that's really kind of cool. Those are my kind of places. I like those little hidden off-the-beat place, um, off-the-beaten-path places. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, the clubs, I'll do a club if I have to, but I'm in Vegas to work. So if you're going to see me out there in Vegas, Vegas, please know that I'm out there working, um, especially if you're going to come see me at the show. We've got some amazing chefs that are going to be hopping up on stage. Some of the chefs, I mean, we're talking about Kayla Robeson from Arnold's in Cincinnati, also known. She was the Burger Queen, man. Kayla's been on the show. She's brilliant. Uh, you know, we got Jason Santos. Jason Santos was a fan favorite coming out of Hell's Kitchen, and he's got some really, really cool news. I'm not going to share it today. I'm going to share it when he gets on the show because that's his news to share, not mine. Um, Jason's going to be up on stage with us. Jennifer Bem Lazzini, who won MasterChef a couple years ago, uh, she's a brilliant chef. You know, uh, out of Delaware, loves her Philly and Delaware roots. Uh, it's got a really cool place up in Providence called Redfin Crudo. Um, I love being able to hang out with her. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've got uh, – who else do we have that's coming out? Christine Hazel, one of my favorites from Philly. Uh, you know, another Hell's Kitchen alum who's coming out there. Uh, she's just great. She does amazing food. And she's got – she really has a huge range of styles of food um, that you guys can check out with her. Check her out. She's Chef Christine Hazel. She's pretty awesome as well. She's been on the show too. Um, I try to get my friends on here because these are people that I like hanging out with and I think you guys will as well. Um, you know, we've also got uh, Keith Breedlove, Culinary K, man. Culinary K, he owns the Culinary Food Truck up there in Sacramento always a brilliant demonstration does a great job Keith's all tatted up and you know it brings his son and his wife out and they just crush it the whole couple of days that they're out there it's really really pretty nice um you know kev deshane another one kev's been on the show as well kev deshane's going to be out there great food truck race with tyler florence he was on there with those guys um by the way i gotta i gotta call tyler florence again i want to get him back on the show i want to get him on the show we had a little last time we were going to get him on the show um, all the fires happened in Northern California, and he hopped out to help those guys. So we weren't able to get him on, but we're going to work on that this year. I know he's taping right now, but, um, you know, we got Keith Breedlove out there as well. David Rose. David is just a great dude. Um, David and I, uh, we met, you know, a little while ago. We met about a year ago, and uh, he has been traveling all over the country, uh, and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's graciously – uh, taking a couple of days off to come out to Vegas and work with us at the show. I'm excited to see him demo because he's a very animated character when he gets up on stage. He's also a very big individual. You know, he's a very athletic guy. He's got pythons for arms that are just massive, massive. And I'm excited to have him out there in Vegas with us for the first time to be able to come out and play 
and watch us work and get on forums and talk about his innovative ways that he likes to cook and play. Um, these are the guys that I'm really interested in. So I'm interested in David Rose so much that he's a guest on our show this week, guys. Uh, David Rose is a chef uh, from up, upstate New York, uh, lives in Atlanta now, has been down there since 2003. And David is uh, an ambassador for Big Green Egg as well as for Harley Davidson and Nissan. So Dave gets to travel all over the country uh, cooking and doing some pretty amazing events. And I'm really excited to have him on the stage with me at Nightclub and Bar at the Food and Beverage Innovation Center, as well as I'm really excited to have him be on the show this week. Um, Dave and I had a really good connection last year, and I'm pretty stoked that he's going to be on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, do me a big favor and welcome to Duff Five Live, Chef David Rose. David Rose, what's going on? What's up, Duff, man? How you doing, brother? Living life, and it's, it's pretty damn good. Can't complain. I know, dude. You are, you've been a traveling, I thought I travel a lot. You're like a maniac. <laughs> You're like a maniac. Hey, man, it, it's, it's amazing. I'm fortunate to be able to do what I love doing, and traveling is just a plus, man. So I literally have no complaints, my friend. That's good, dude. So, Dave, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and how people can get in contact with you? All right. Well, my name is David Rose. I am a TV personality. I competed on season 13 of Food Network Star, and I am a special event chef, brand ambassador, and just lover of life in general. Uh, essentially, you know, what I do is I work with different brands, different sponsors, and create these really cool, submersive experiences where I work with, uh, to name a few, I work with Nissan, Big Green Egg, Davidoff and Camacho Cigar, Bob Evans Farms, Harley Davidson, and just really, essentially what I love to do is kind of make all of my passions, my hobbies, my loves, and kind of make them into these real cool, immersive experiences, whether it be on TV, different food and wine events, different lifestyle events, different activations, or even my own dinners and events that I produce across the country. And um, I just try to try to create, you know, things that are kind of, you know, one of a kind, original, and just kind of blazing my own trail, so to speak, uh, on my two-wheeled culinary journey on my Harley from coast to coast. <laughs> now, how can we get in contact with you? You can get in contact with me on my website, the main line, chefdavidrose.com. The same namesake, Chef David Rose, for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In all honesty, I don't really use Twitter that much. Dude, Twitter's so I'm the open, shit. I'm open, to, I'm open to all tips. Dude, I'm like, Twitter, like <laughs> you want to have some fun that's going to set you on fire? You yeah. go on Twitter, brother. I'm telling you, I all love right. Twitter. I need a tutorial. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this. I, I need some tips. I need some pro tips on how I can officially use Twitter. Yes, I need to use Twitter more. I'm not well, gonna lie. One, it's a great kind of SEO. So the idea of search engine optimization and the utilization yes. of your name, the more locations where you have your name, the easier it is. Plus, the way that Google works and the way that all the Google analytics and stuff like that work mm. is the more places that you have – your name in a setting, yes. The more the 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 more you're going to show up to the top of of stuff. I mean, if I just typed in like massive arm chef, it's going to be like <laughs> you and Robert Irvine. You know, 
Like, that's the way that it's going to work. <laughs> Just so if anybody doesn't know who David Rose is, one. So, so Dave, you and I met a, a year ago. Yes. Where the hell were we? It is, it is actually our anniversary coming up, our one-year friend's anniversary. We met actually in Rhode Island. And uh, we Shit, did something really right. cool out there with Dan at our Redfin Crudo, I believe, for that's the right. uh, adoption agency. And we've just been uh, just the best ever since, man. You know how people just yeah. meet and just click and link up. You know, it was like Apollo Creed meeting Rocky and kind of, you know, real firm handshake. Uh, a yeah. look up and kind of like, you know, the respect was acknowledged at that moment. Yeah. Well, just so everybody knows, there was, uh, there were, it was, we were at this awesome little place in Providence, Rhode Island called yes. Redfin Crudo that is owned by Jennifer Bemlazini and her husband, husband Julio. And yeah. they have just an awesome little restaurant up there and they do a great job. And, and, you know, uh, it was, uh, chef, it was David and myself and Jen that were doing a charity dinner for this adoption that oddly enough. I don't know. Did you know that she got adopted that night? Really? Yeah, the girl got the girl that we were doing the charity for actually I was adopted it. that night. Yes, yes, she was. Yeah, she was like uh, 17, yeah. 17, 16 years old. Yeah, super cool kid. And, and Michelle was there with us as well. Oh my God, Ragusas! I totally yeah. forgot. She was on the show a couple of weeks ago. She's yeah. one of my faves. Um, so the cool part was the three of us. Well, really, Jennifer and I were cooking in the kitchen. Then David and his arms came in, and we had to leave. The guy's got fucking pythons on his body. How 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 big are your biceps? Um, last I mentioned, I think they're about twenty one. They might be twenty one point zero two right now, but who's counting? You know, Can't dude. What was Hulk Hogan? What was his big thing that he used to say? He claimed twenty four, but I've seen twenty fours. There were twenty four. Hulk, sir, if you're listening, no shade. But I call BS. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go, man. There you go. So, so it was just a really cool event. We had a lot of fun. And again, you know, when you do things like that, like as chefs, especially in this little crazy world that we live in of travel yeah. and doing TV stuff and these, you know, these little things, you know, and, and Jen wants to, you know, she wanted to pay us for going up there. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. It's a charity. Like we're doing our yeah. thing. And, and it was yeah. for a friend at that point. So, um, so, so how did you, I mean, where did you start? Like what brought you? You know, we got time. So where did you start? Yeah. Like, where, Where'd you grow up? Where did I grow up? Well, at the young age of zero, um, I was born in Teaneck, New Jersey, Bergen County, okay. uh, very close to New York, you know, tri-state area. Right. And oddly enough, out of eight children, I'm the only one born in America. I come from a, a huge Jamaican family. Oh, when I, I say I mean, I mean huge. Mom is one of 13, dad's one of 10, and their siblings have eight kids, and their siblings have five to six kids, Holy shit. and their kids have kids and kids, and it's, we, we multiply and expand, and it's just been beautiful just having a, a huge family. So born and raised, tri-state area, huge Jamaican family, and I don't know if you know or not, Jamaicans and just West Indians in general, we love food, we yeah. love to drink, and we love to dance. And we'll talk S-H-I-T. <laughs> Dude, you can, you know, by the way, man. you can curse all you want because if I don't get an explicit rating on the show, okay. then I'm not happy. And we love to talk shit. Yeah, baby, talking shit. Yeah, we'll talk shit. So, you know, so growing up in that environment, you know, both my parents are chefs. Mom was oh, a really? chef. Dad's a that. chef. Hey, it's, it's the Hollywood tell-all story today, my friend. Right. Mom was a chef at a nursing home. 
dad was a chef at a villa for nuns. And just, you know, to kind of compound that Jamaican love of cooking anyway, just kind of these young memories of me being in the kitchen, a little badass kid. I was very mischievous, very mischievous, getting in trouble. And just kind of, you know, watching my parents preparing breakfast, um, you know, for hundreds of people. And, you know, just the whole prep process from cracking of the eggs to panning up of the bacon, making pancakes from scratch, bread from scratch, and just the admiration and love and respect that was shown from the, the residents of these places he's worked at. I guess kind of just planted a really small seed in my head at that young age. Well, my first thing, very first thing I ever made was French toast at six years old. And it was pretty good. Not going to lie. It was pretty damn good. And just from there, it just was, my brain was a sponge for food where I had friend, friends that were French, Italian, Korean growing up, where I've been eating, you know, Korean pancakes at nine and first experience with foie gras at 10 and pate at 11 and just experience all these different cultures, just of the tri-state area in general. And just my love for food just grew and grew and grew and grew. And just the rest is history to where from then, fast forward a couple of years later, Moved to Atlanta, Georgia, because my cousin was a student at Morehouse. And I don't know if you remember or not, back in Atlanta and New York, there was this restaurant called Justin's that was owned by uh, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, oh, whatever right, nickname yeah. is going by now. And my cousin was a bartender there. And when I tell you, 21-year-old me coming to Atlanta, I was smitten. Everybody who was everybody, celebrities, uh, musicians, actors, actresses would come to Justin's. And 21-year-old me said, you know what? I'm moving to Atlanta. And when I moved down within three to four months, I saw a commercial that said, Le Cordon Bleu, realize your culinary dreams. And up until that time, I was a personal trainer, uh, just big in fitness, as you can tell. And I was a bartender and just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do next with life. And it just kind of clicked. I visited the Tucker, Georgia, Le Cordon Bleu campus and just seeing the different classes, the workshops, the itinerary, I just knew it was it for me. And uh, just the, the knowledge of food and education just furthered that to when I graduated from college, my first job, very first job out of culinary college was at uh, Four Seasons Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, nice. And I started it there, you know, I worked every, I worked every um, part of the line from uh, grill to garde manger to um, to pretty much everything, desserts, the whole nine. And I was there for a year and it was okay. The the It wasn't really what I signed up for and I needed to be inspired more. And I really thought that I needed to do more outside of just that day-to-day, regular in and out. And I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. I said to my executive chef, I was like, chef, you know, with all due respect, uh, I feel like after me giving it a year, I feel like I should really venture out, branch out, spread my wings, and kind of do my own thing. And he said to me, he said, this will be the single most biggest mistake you make in your culinary career. And I said, you know, chef, with all due respect, love you, but I got to disagree. And nice. fast forward a couple of years later, we're both Big Green Meg ambassadors. And who do you see before my former boss in a big spread, smiling? Big old arms crossed, but this guy right here. <laughs> and I, I, and that was the first time seeing my chef since I left. And I was like, chef, you saw, the, you saw the magazine spread? And all he could do was smile and say, you know what? You told me. So yeah. you know what, kids? Follow your dreams. There you go, man. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. so, and, and so where, at what, where did you go after the Four Seasons? 
I just just did my own thing. Like I, I started yeah. out catering, doing personal chefing for a couple of different football players, a couple of lawyers, actors, because you know Atlanta is you know nicknamed Hot Atlanta because there's always something going on. And yeah. then just there, started building my portfolio of different clientele, and then I got hooked up with Big Green Egg, and then Harley Davidson, and other food sponsors, and more so than anything else, word of mouth is what really got my name out there, and. Uh, being a finalist on Food Network Star. And after that, it was just like an explosion, like Hiroshima and Nagasaki of just, it, it's just been going on where I've appeared on Steve Harvey, Fox News, Pickler and Ben, Hallmark Channel, NBC, ABC, CBS. And I'm just, I'm just loving so, life, man. I'm just taking it all in. Do you know, were you, what, were you on the same season as Chad Rosenthal? No, I was not. No. Okay. Because Chad's a, Chad's a really good buddy of mine. Um, and he did it. I think he did it twice or something like that. It was, I don't know what happened with it, but Chad, Chad's one of my good buddies. I'm actually, I think I'm having drinks with him tonight. Not sure. Yet, nice. but. I, I have so, not met Chad yet. I have a friend on Instagram, but I do know he has pretty nice hair. Yeah. He's, pretty he's, a, he's a good egg, man. He, he's a real good dude. So, <laughs> so now with, with your stuff now, I mean, what is, you know, how did, how did that transition, you know I mean? Cause working on a line and being a personal chef are two totally different worlds. Yes, you know, especially when, I mean, I, dude, I did my apprenticeship at the Four Seasons, so I know yeah. that world really well. I did mine in Philly, which they're yeah. about to fuck up Philly right now because they're going with a union house in Philadelphia, oh, which no. is going to be a full-blown shit show. Unions, you guys can ban me, put a rat in front of my house, do whatever you guys want to <laughs> do right now, but I'm just telling you that it's going to fuck it all up, man. I'm sorry. And it's not that I'm against unions, but when yeah. it comes into kitchens, kitchen rules and union rules just don't match up. It just doesn't match up. And you know what's funny is we had a restaurant in Philly years ago. I don't know if you remember Philly that much, but Philly had a restaurant called Bookbinders. Mm -hmm. And when Bookbinders shut down, a friend of mine was the GM at that location. And he told me the entire shit show of what happened. Like dishwashers making $19 an hour. You know, servers making $22 and $23 an hour, which in reality is what shut the business down. You know, you're charging... You're charging $80 for a fucking two pound lobster, you know, because you got to pay the bills. You got to pay. You got to pay salary at that point. Yeah. Um, When they left, I believe that they ended up getting like one hundred and sixty dollars in food vouchers and like Cobra. You know, Damn, like, like they just and, and it literally was like my understanding. And again, I'm not a professional. I'm not a union guy. I'm not against unions in any way. I understand the position of them and what they were for that time frame. I'm talking about right now and I'm talking about the kitchens. So anybody who's out there that's in a union, I respect you. Or I respect your union, but get the fuck out of my kitchens. OK, <laughs> so with that being said, like, you know, it was, there was a huge downfall at that point in Philadelphia. Like everybody heard about what happened with these unions. And my understanding is that people started to jump ship and like get out of the unions and started going. Now, now they're coming back in the four seasons. Like, I don't know how that's going to work, man. I don't know how that, that's going to work. It's going to be weird. That is pretty crazy. This is new knowledge to me, man. Thanks for being yeah. uh, on that. But, uh, huh. Hey guys, girls, boys, women, elders, the whole nine yards. I want to talk to you guys about something that is kind of important to me that I've been dealing with over the last couple of months. I got involved with this company called Care Of. All right. So Care Of is a monthly subscription. It's a vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. You know, we don't know 
the best way to get the vitamins and the supplements and all that stuff. You can go to a doctor and you can get tested and pay thousands upon thousands of dollars uh, for that service or you can hop right into a healthy routine right now. You know, with the winter blues that are coming to an end, it's finally time to get back into a routine that empowers you to feel your healthiest. All right. So what you do for this whole thing is you go to careof.com and you take their online quiz because it lets you know exactly what you need. Careof's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices. It only takes five minutes to find out your personal scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. 90% of people fall short of the FDA recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. Find out where you are, where you're lacking with Kerov's online quiz, and get back on track to reaching your own health goals. All right. For me, this was really a simple thing. Okay. Because what happened was I hopped onto the website and I started to take this quiz and it started asking me questions, my lifestyle, some of the ways that I eat, the diet, the health goals. And really it comes down to those lifestyle choices and they set me up with a perfect supplement pack. Now, once you're all done, you get to go, you place your order. And then a couple days later, a week or so later, you get the package in the mail. They're individual packets of all of your pills. There's even cute little things right on the front of it to kind of give a little bit of information, you know, some, some, some basic knowledge of some stuff that I am really a big fan of. All right. So there's a care of difference. All right. Ever portion. I'm sorry. A portion of every sale goes towards the good plus foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. There's vegan and vegetarian supplement options available. If that's what you want to do for your dietary needs, you can track your progress with the care of app and even earn rewards when you become a member and you remember to take your vitamins. I'm a big fan of that. All right. So Here's the deal. You guys have to understand this. You've got to take that online quiz to do it. It's super simple. All right. You can do anything you want. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. I wake up in the morning. I keep that packet right in front of me. So all I do is I reach over when I'm taking my normal probiotics and I just throw the I, I open up that packet. I read the cute little thing on front. I swallow them down. I'm ready to rock and roll. So what you guys have to do, though, is for 50 percent off of your first month of personalized care of vitamins, you're going to go to takecareof.com. That's T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F.com. You're going to enter the code of Duffified50. You're getting 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Again, again, all you got to do is go to takecareof.com and enter my code of Duffified50. You get 50% off your first month order. What were your thoughts about, look, about Cordon Bleu closing? Man, that really kind of, that really hurt. It was like my alma mater, you know, and uh, when I was doing these different events around the country, it was great because, you know, LCB campuses were pretty much everywhere. So say I'd be in Miami, I'd be able, I had a really good rapport with the company where I was an ambassador for them as well, where I'd bring these kids, you know, out with me to different events, you know, different uh, celebrities, different food network talent, and they'd be able to kind of get, you know, on work training and do some really, really cool stuff with me. And with me, with my experience, I graduated back in 06, 07, where I had a really amazing curriculum where I felt like I, I got my money's worth. So I'm not really, I'm not sure it really transpired between 06, 07 to now, but it, it hurt, man. It really, really hurt. And it kind of stunk the reasons as to why it closed down. Um, it was less than savory. You know, the reason what they closed down, but um, it hurt. I'd love for them to come back because my heart beats blue and, um, you know, I'm LCB alum for life. 
Yeah, I've never. I mean, you know, I I, I followed Cordon Bleu for a little while with what they had done. I had met some students along the way. And, and in reality, I mean, you know, with all of these culinary schools that are out there, it just it kind of made sense. You know, I mean, it just kind of made sense. There were so many schools out there between the Art Institute, between, you know, all these culinary programs that they're throwing into colleges with, yeah. you know, I mean, you've got CIA up in New York. You've got CIA on the West Coast. You know, you've got Johnson mm-hmm. and Wales. I mean, it's yeah. like it almost inundated what it was doing. And, and Cordon Bleu at that point kind of had to they didn't have the money that that, you know, these big schools had. They didn't have the the wherewithal at the same time. So I knew a couple of good people that graduated from Cordon Bleu and they're they're quality guys, you know, quality, quality cooks. A hundred and ten percent, man. They did it right. You know, R.I.P. L.C.B. They might return one day, but if they don't, (laughs) I enjoyed myself. (laughs) So so you did your apprenticeship or you did you worked at the Four Seasons in Atlanta and then you have been there ever since. I've been in Atlanta ever since. Yeah, I moved down to Atlanta in 03 and I've been here. Ever since, so 16 years, wow. Makes me sound old when I say it out loud. Yeah, just turned 37, moved down when I was 21, yeah. And do you still have, I mean, do you have family down there, or are you rolling solo? No, when I moved down here, my cousin was down here at Morehouse, and also my older brother was here as well, and both had industry jobs. So me just kind of, you know, bartending down here, just kind of, you know, fell in line with the rest of them were doing. And my cousin at the time pretty much knew everybody, so he was able to use his network of hospitality friends to get me my first, uh, my first, one of my first bartending jobs down here in Atlanta back in 03. Okay. And so you were bartending through culinary school? Yes, I was bartending through culinary school. I worked at, um, at a place called Ocean Air Seafood Room right there on Peachtree. Awesome seafood program, really great, um, uh, kitchen program as well as far as their menu. And it was funny, like, you know, I also picked up a couple, uh, externship hours in the Ocean Air kitchen as well. So, I'd have a couple shifts at the bar, a couple shifts in the kitchen uh, before I went over to Four Seasons full time. Nice. It was and fun. That was fun. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny that you were working in the restaurant, in the kitchen, and behind the bar at the same time, especially during yeah. culinary school. Like that's, oh, yeah. you know, I was a bouncer. So <laughs> I did. I can see that. Yeah, I was a bouncer, I can man. See that. Yeah. But I was like, and it's so fun. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I did two apprenticeships. So I did my. I did the Four Seasons in Philly, yeah. and then I did another crazy restaurant called called uh, called San Marco, and it was this awesome Italian restaurant that was owned by these two dudes that were blatantly mob related. You know, I mean, there was just <laughs> the people that were coming into this place late night. Yeah. You know, the fact that nobody was ever allowed in the basement, including the fire department, when the gas alarms were going off. The fire department was like, either you let us in the basement or we're going to rip the fucking door off. You know, huh. and the guy like the guy had to make a phone call. And then he was like, all right, man, go ahead. Like we were like that door opened and we ran to see what was going on down the steps. Like because nobody wow. was ever allowed in the basement. And then that fire department showed up. So, yeah, it was pretty funny. And then what? so I would I would <laughs> Let's do not mention the name of that restaurant. Out of my sheer fear for your safety. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, you know what it is now. It's it, it's now, and I believe it's closed for renovation right now. It's yeah. the world's most unique KFC. Get out of here! Swear to God, dude, it's in an old mansion, and this was like this was like a fine dining Italian restaurant. Like yeah. I remember standing in the kitchen with Lucio Fini, who was the chef, and his father was our butcher. 
and his father would bring in sides of veal and he would break them down on the prep table that that was where I prepped. I mean, I was a line cook. I was a prep cook in culinary school and he would stand there and teach me how to break down veal with a fucking Marlboro 100 hanging out of his mouth in the kitchen. It was the I've best. Met this man, but that man became my hero. <laughs> yeah. He was the shit. He didn't speak a lot of English, but he showed yeah. me like the way to hold the knife and how he ran it along. You know, you could see the striations in the meat yeah. with the ways to follow the fat, follow the yeah. bone and the and the and the you know the ligature. It was really a pretty cool experience. And then I bounced at a bar at night. So like you're going to the bar to work mm-hmm. and I'm fucking bouncing was crazy <laughs> but, but that's hey, what we, it took that's what it's all about man that's, that's about. what it took though then it did man it really really did and you know culinary school at least for me wasn't the cheapest thing as i'm sure oh. it was for you as well so you know you gotta you gotta hustle man you I paid a lot more than i did though how much was your school how much was your school uh, all, all together it's about like you know damn near fifty thousand. okay so we were now i graduated school in 94 95 so 10 eight years before you and it was i want to say it was like 24 grand a year okay something like that it was still fucking expensive man i mean it was now you look i mean you know what's johnson and what is what is what's cia 60 a year a year is it up there i don't know hold on i'm gonna google it as we talk so what was your what was i mean if you could pull anything out of your culinary program, what is the one thing that you remember more than anything? Man, uh, I'd really say a, a lot of the stuff um, out of most of it. I'd say the meat fabrication class is really cool because you're talking about, you know, oh, you with man. your personal experience breaking down veal. So, like, we have whole sides of beef where we break down and dissect, remove the steaks and be able to identify the steaks and be able to, you know, create these different cuts and whatnot. That was really, really cool because whatever we broke down, we had a chance to eat. So we'd be eating like, you know, at any given time, you know, pork chops and tomahawk steaks and ribeyes and fillets and chicken breast and whole chickens and spatchcock chicken. I'm a carnivore. I love meat. Vegetarians, no shade. Love you. Mean it. But I love meat. And that was one of my favorite classes. And we just come up with different rubs and stuff. Meat Fab was an awesome class. Now, are you, I mean, are you a meat guy like you'll eat anything or are you the, uh, are you like a meat snob? Like I'm kind of a meat snob. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not buying a steak from the grocery store. I'm no. driving to Reading Terminal Market and I'm getting a 45 day dry aged ribeye that I'm going into it. Or are you just like, fuck it. I want meat. Nah, nah, nah. I'm saying if anything, I might compromise on ground meat. But even that's a little sketchy sometimes. If I'm going to do a steak, I'm just like you. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to prepare it right. You know, you can't put a price tag on quality. Some people say you can, but I disagree. That kind of depends on who you are. But uh, if you're going to do it, do it right, man. You know, dry, nice, thick cut, double cut, chop. You know, I'm all about that, man. And a, a good steak just needs salt and pepper. You know, and all said and done. You can add other things, but salt and pepper, salt good and pepper. meat. That's it. That's it. Salt, salt and, and pepper. pepper. How fucking hard is that? That's not, I guess it's hard for some people, but we know. Those you know, know. I, I do, yeah. I do demonstrations all the time and I, and I talk, obviously I fucking talk all the time, you but, <laughs> but I, uh, I do it all the time and I start off a lot of my classes with, all right, who has iodized salt in their kitchen and they raise their hands and I'm like, all right, go to the back of the room. <laughs> I don't even want to see your faces. 
And then and then I go into the next one, and then I get all excited. I'm like, all right, who's got ground pepper? And everybody kind of hymns and halls, and I'm like, exactly. You already know that you're doing something wrong. You know, yeah. if you've already got pre-ground black pepper, and you're and and it's yeah. so funny because they're and these are the little types of things that I try to teach people with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. is like the basics of 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 seasoning. Yeah. It's just fucking easy. Throw some, get some good salt, get some good pepper, and then technique and technique. Yeah. Simple is sometimes best, you know, as long yeah, as it's so, quality. And absolutely. It's simple, it has to be quality, yeah. So now, so for you with 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 that, like, were, were you very meat-centric in, in a lot of your stuff when you graduated from school and you started to do a lot of catering? I mean, or were you really focusing on the entire plate, the entire – and I asked that question because when I first graduated from school, mm. I felt that I was very – center of the plate centric. Like I was, I was focusing more on the, just the, the individual unit that was going on the plate instead of the yeah. accompaniments, because that's, you know, we weren't culinary school 10 years prior to you was a lot different than when you went to school. Like we were very, <laughs> I'm cool with it, dude. I'm 47. I'm 10 years older than you, man. I'm good. Don't look, I'm don't short look I don't have the pythons, but I'm good. You got good arms. You got I, good arms. I, they've been, I've been tattooing them up lately. That's the big yeah. problem. I've been yeah. loading them up with ink. So That's a good problem. So, so like, when you first came out, I mean, what were – you know, you left a restaurant and then you walked into a private chef world. What were some of the struggles that you had gone through during that time frame? Uh, with that more so, it's just kind of, you know, obviously people have different tastes and different, you know, preferences, especially with private clientele. And professional athletes <clears throat> where, you know, uh, have certain dietary restrictions and needs like that. And that's something previous to working for a lot of professional athletes and people with dietary restrictions I had not tackled before. So with that kind of brought its own challenges where certain football players would ask for low sodium or, or uh, carb free or no sugar, no gluten, um, different uh, calorie counting techniques and stuff like that. Uh, that was something that was completely alien to me and just kind of, you know, took me, you know, reading up, looking up on Google and stuff. Google was my best friend during that uh, that transfer process to private chef and just, you know, being able to to identify what somebody's asking for, executing it, delivering on those dietary needs, but also making a delicious dish because healthy, um, long gone for me at least, has hasn't really been able to or should not identify food that tastes good. So, you know, just kind of gliding that line where it's both healthy, delicious, flavorful, and looks good. Because, you know, as with anybody, you always eat with eyes first. So when you first started, I mean, did you walk right into an athlete slash celebrity world for cooking with these guys? Or did it, did it slowly happen over a period of time? It happened pretty quick, man, and it's awesome. You know, I won't mention any names, but I'm a huge New York Giants fan, and one of my first my first clients was a New York Giant, uh, fresh off a Super Bowl ring. You know, wow. so that that was that's a cool long fucking that. time ago, dude. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> a long time ago, brother. We gonna we gonna divert real quick. Aren't you an Eagles fan, sir? You're a yeah, man. Eagles, we huh? we won last year. Okay, after how many years of being oh, a Oh, 52. Team? It's okay. We were, I, I we were misguided. By, we were misguided. I read, I read, but it's funny because being a Giants fan, watching the game, I'm like, okay, Eagles, Patriots. Okay, it's like AIDS and herpes. 
Oh, Both aren't bad for me, Christ. but the herpes is lesser of two evils, so I go with the eagle. <laughs> My God. That's the worst Fuck analogy I've Fuck ever heard. Holy shit. We just pissed off like nine out of ten people at the same exact shot. That's so funny, dude. I'm, I'm joking, but I'm I know, I know you are. I know. But, but it's, it's all love, and congrats again on winning that. It was it, it was, was a an, long time coming, and I preferred you guys went over the Patriots. It was yeah. an awesome game, no matter who yes, won. That, that's it a, was. But last year's game against this year's game, give me a fucking break. That's oh. a, that game should have been shut down. And, and the funny thing about it was that everything that I read over and over again was talking about, you know, like the fact that who was it? The the who, who were the other two te- teams? The the Chargers and. New Orleans wanted to have their own their own Super Bowl because nobody gave a shit about the Patriots and the the Greeks, you know, but but for us, I mean, it was a great game. And then I mean, with the Eagles, it was just a great and I'm not a huge football guy, so it's not like I'm going to sit here and 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 pull stats out of my ass. What I'm going to do is talk about the enjoyment level of the game and the simple fact that one that that Brady dropped the ball on that one pet, pet, that one play, and then yeah. Foles came back, and we did the Philly Philly whatever, and it was the same exact play, and we did it, and then we as a backup quarterback beat the Patriots. Yeah. Like it's, I just shot a show in Boston, and I do, I start off demos. I'm like, hey, how are you guys doing? Are you guys still butt hurt that our backup quarterback beat you, <laughs> Tom Brady? Is that you know, of you on stage? Because I, I, I have. They don't play um, around at their Patriots. No, dude, it's insane. It's <laughs> fucking nuts. They're absolutely crazy. Crazy. Bananas. It's crazy. It is. Bananas. It is crazy. Yeah. How insane they are up there about this shit. Like, come on. Yeah. There's got to be a point where you need a challenge. Like, there's got to be a challenge with that stuff. I agree, man. You know, nothing against them. Like, you know, I will say, I will go on record saying this that. You know, um, Belichick and Brady, they are, if not one of the best, the best QB coach tandems. You know, you, I'll, oh. I'll give credit where credit is due. But at one point, you get tired of seeing the same exact team going to oh. the bowl over and over and over every year. It gets boring as fuck after a while. It has to. I mean, I mean, think it about you know, we we as now, granted, the money is a whole. What is the bonus for? winning the Super Bowl. What is the average bonus for winning the Super Bowl? Hey, by the way, the uh, the Culinary Institute at Greystone, which is the main, uh, oh no, that's it. Uh, the Culinary Institute of America's outpost in St. Helena. In California, it's 52-9. Really? $52,900. CIA New York is 46 8 mm. That's a lot of fucking money, brother. That's a lot of money. You know how to scoff that. And then, you're, and then you're graduating from there. You're graduating from there as a line cook. Making Getting paid ten dollars, maybe <laughs> ten fucking dollars an hour. Yeah. It's craziness, man. I mean, my yeah. daughter's going through the college shit right now, mm-hmm. like like applying and and all that shit. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, "You're a coxswain." She's a coxswain. She's a tiny little thing. I'm like, okay. You're, "Get a scholarship." Fucking apply for every single grant that's out yeah. there. I don't care because not because of me. Because of you, you shouldn't have debt when you graduate school. Do you want? And she's going to be a criminal nah. psychologist. Do you want two hundred grand in debt? That, that's that's the way you don't want to start your career because then you know the first couple of years you're just spending paying off debt. And to that's me, it. that's where the system is kind of flawed. You know how outrageous educational cost is, 
and um, something needs to be done, should be done to kind of offset. So thank God there's different scholarships and grants, like you said, free money out there. Take it. I'm all about it. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, I mean, especially in this day and age, I mean, I remember I went to the fucking library, dude. Yeah. I went to the library and looked up grants. I think I was looking on like microfilm. I think yeah, I had a Dewey decimal system. Well, Dewey fucking decimal, baby. <laughs> you find me a kid right now. No, you don't. You don't have any kids, do you? I, I, I not that I know of. Knock on wood. Oh, you, you know something Traveling I don't man. know. <laughs> Traveling man. I um, asked fifteen-year-old nephew, "Do you yeah, know what the Dewey decimal okay. system is?" And he had a glazed look over his eyes, like I just asked him for what E equals MC squared. <laughs> Well, I mean, but and then think about think about. Have you ever seen the video on Facebook of the two kids on the rotary phone? No, it's it so fucking funny. The father like says to them, "Okay, I want you to call, you know, two three nine seven six four twenty two forty four. Like, call this phone number right now." Yeah. And and like they pick up the phone and they have no idea what to do. And it takes them. <laughs> It takes them a while to kind of figure it out. And I, I want to say whatever. They had five minutes to figure it uh-huh. out. But it was they like it. they just couldn't figure it out. They started to get at the end. Like you saw that wheel turning when they started to turn the dial a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's, I, I talk to my girls about that stuff all the time. Like we've got a turntable in the house. Like we listen mm-hmm. to albums. You know, yeah. we do that sort of shit. But. It's a fucked up world out there right now, man. Man, you remember pay phones? Of course. Every, of course. Well, everybody I mean, don't. Everybody every, don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I was, where was I the other day? I was walking, I was in New York. I mean, there's still pay phones that are in New York. Really? Not like it used to be back in the day. Like there, back there's in not, the day, there's not like banks of them. No. Yeah, there's not banks of them just rolling around. Nah. But, but I mean, there's still pay phones on the street corners and stuff like that that I see. Now, they may be ripped off the thing or whatever, but they're still out there. Crazy, man. Technology. Yeah. Well, the curse. I mean, so would you – okay, so you were in school. Would, yeah. Did you have like – did you have to do a final project? Like did you have to do anything for that that final grade other than a proficiency? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. We, uh, we did the proficiency. Like what we did the last – or second to last three months – of our program, we actually had a restaurant on site. And okay. during that three months, you have to be front of the house and back of the house. And part of that proficiency for the front of the house was setting a table, you know, knife, fork, soup spoon, um, a salad fork, napkin, wine glass, water glass. That was the front of the house proficiency. And for the back of the house, it was a three course meal out of a mystery basket. And uh, I was so happy because I nailed it. You know, graduated summa cum laude. And it's funny because before culinary school, I was not an academic of any sort. And I just I just thrived in culinary school because it didn't seem like school to me. I was learning. It was education, but it was fun. I couldn't wait to get into school, play around, get in the fridge, you know, see what came in, what's fresh, what's new and just what different challenges were. So we did that. And then the last three months was our externship where it was on job site training. And where did you do yours? At Four Seasons. Okay, so you—that was but, when you went. Yeah. That yeah. was when you went down to, to Atlanta to do it. Exactly. Yeah, but I actually had the opportunity to go to a two Michelin star restaurant or a restaurant in Brazil, a five star resort. And I was dating somebody at the time, and she was like, "You know what? I love you. Please don't go. I'll miss you. I can't. I can't go Bitch. so long for three months." And I was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm gonna take Four Seasons Hotel." Uh, within two weeks 
one, two, two weeks stuff of me turning it down. She broke up with me. So I had a chance to be in Brazil or France instead of in Atlanta. Bitch. You know, I enjoyed it. Bitch. But kind of think to yourself, I might be, you know, in France right now at the ponytail <laughs> with my own. Yeah. <laughs> with the ponytail. <laughs> Jerry what Curl kind of ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, taco meat out, you know, tank top, you know, speaking French to five little, you know, kids of mine. Right. But I, I, I don't second guess anything in life. And the path I took led me right here to today's phone call. So I don't regret it. Do you do you think that going to Brazil? I mean, this is a stupid question, probably. Yeah. Do you think that going to Brazil would have changed the course of what you were going to do? I think so. I'm not sure if it would that's have a weird question, but here off, but it, it's kind of because you know I think that our steps in life, some are preordained, some are not, and I, I think that some things might have happened differently. I think from a culinary level, it would have done something differently with the, the type of food I create, my palate, and kind of what I, I'm, my type of cooking I'm known for. But I definitely, um, I think about it sometimes. Not so much now, but I think about it sometimes. What would have happened? What could have happened? But, um, you know, ain't no time to present. I, I love what I do. I love where I'm at in life. Uh, so yeah. I'm happy with the way things turned out. And then, I mean, so how, much, how much influence in your cooking did your parents have? Or do you Huge. find that now? You, so you do you think it's a big a big play? Very big play, you know, like because um, with Jamaican food, it's very flavorful, um, very uh, spice and season driven. Where you have thyme, you have pieces of nutmeg, you have different spices, uh, spicy food, but more so than spicy, flavorful food. Where you know in Jamaica, a lot of my parents were direct relative, direct descendants. Of slaves, so a lot of you know Jamaican food and you know what you might call soul food is indicative of that slave history, where it was we they have the offcuts and the offal organs, where you know oxtails and cow foot and pigtail and tripe and liver, and I think that kind of blossomed my adventurous cooking because you know just Jamaican food in general. A lot of the times we'd be eating you know offcuts, so I'll try anything once. Uh, except chitlins. I smelled chitlins once, and it literally smelled like shit. I don't know if they didn't clean them, or they were old chitlins, but something mentally in my head just kind of, and it's the appearance, something mentally in my head will not make me try chitlins, so I promise myself I'll try it once before I die, but I got to cook it and clean it if I'm going to try it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge intestine guy uh, anyway. I'm not a huge, I'm not even a huge awful guy. It's not... And, and and again, it's just because I just don't enjoy it. You know, <laughs> I just don't like, I know guys are like, I, like, don't get me wrong. I'll fuck up a chicken liver. I'll uh-huh. suck back a duck heart. I'll well, play in that well, realm. But like, if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat brain, it's just not in my world. Mm-hmm. I just don't have any interest on, in that. I, I feel you on that completely. I just love that taste, that kind of, you know, different kind of, you know, sure. especially liver. And, stuff, and it's but like I won't taste it. Will you eat beef liver? Yeah, I have. Yeah. See, I don't get into beef liver as much. Like, again, I'll fuck up a chicken liver hardcore. I love them. I remember my mother cooking them, and all she did was when she cleaned the chickens, she would yeah. then take the hearts, the liver, and um, the gizzards and yeah. toss them. All she did was she boiled them in some water. And mm-hmm. we would literally, like puppies, be picking, like, like, like scratching at her legs 
to get a really? taste of that chicken liver. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was just a, you know, my mother, my mother is a an Irish Catholic woman from mm-hmm. the Midwest. Yeah. So she moves to Philadelphia. You know, my father is an Irish Italian guy who's 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 adventurous when it comes to food. So mm-hmm. she was introduced to a lot of that stuff on his side of it. You know, she yeah. always jokes around that it, it just wasn't her world. And my big joke is I was claimed I was trained classical French and turned mm-hmm. it into my own cuisine. She was yeah. trained classical seventies. You know, she <laughs> loves a fucking casserole. There's I no do. no no holiday without a jello pudding somewhere. You know, Ambrosia. a jello With Ambrosia. Motherfucker. Ah. Shit drives me crazy. My mother just <laughs> she makes the she makes the ambrosia salad just to piss me off. <laughs> you know, just to drop that motherfucker right on the table, like the jello mold with the with the ham in it or with the walnuts in it. Like Something's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that is to think about the the where the like the roots of that. That roots mm-hmm. is the aspic. You know, the roots is that gelatinous product that we learned about in school that turned into a fucking jello mold. Leave it to the Americans. (laughs) You know what, dude? Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary nailed it. (laughs) Have you ever heard Dennis Leary talk about food? Uh He goes through this whole thing and he's like, let's just talk about the French. He's like the French. They give us the fucking liberty. They give us the the, the Statue of Liberty Uh and they give us the croissant. What do we do with a croissant? We turn it into the crust sandwich. <laughs> no, like we totally, we fucked up the croissant. I mean, like the most French thing that you could have at any given moment, like let's get a croissant. Like it's, it's sexy. I'm going to fill that motherfucker with chocolate or some form of berry. No, fuck it. I'm going to take a pre-cooked egg and a patty loaded with chemicals and I'm going to shove it in the center of that motherfucker with some cheese. With, with with all fairness, I'm a, I'm a Jersey boy, and I love my Taylor egg, sure. my Taylor ham, egg and cheese, and yeah. it's Bob, you know, and, and a croissant, angle front. Hey, everybody, we know how hard it is to run a restaurant. You know, I mean, look, it's hard enough just operating the thing. It's hard enough just finding staff. Now think about the fact that you've got to come back in and you've got to pull reports. You've got to go in and you've got to search for these reports online. You've got to go into that POS system. You've got to find where everything is. You've got to know exactly what you're doing. You've got to take training classes and all that. Well, guess what? Guess what, everybody? Cake is a point-of-sale system that lets bar and restaurant owners focus on the guest experience. Stop worrying about tracking every single sale, everybody, because Cake does it for you in a very simple and precise way. You can automatically save the information and review it later from anywhere that is. It means you can actually take a couple of days off, which can be pretty rare in this restaurant business. Okay? Now, look at this. Imagine finally taking the vacation you guys have always been dreaming of, knowing that your reporting is going to be done by the time we get back. No matter where you are, you're sitting on this, on a boat fishing on a Sunday morning. You're trying to find out what Saturday night sales are. No problem. You can check in on the daily reports and you know that they're going to be up to date. Taking a vacation with the fam, get on that beach, turn that phone off because guess what? When you get back to the beach house at the end, your reports are going to be right there for you. No matter where you are, no matter what you do, you can always check in on your daily reports. Guys, to get started with Cake, all you have to do is go to trycake.com. You're going to put in that super fancy forward slash with the word Duffy right next to it, and you're going to take a look around. When you purchase this, you're going to get $750 off that activation fee. That's a 75% discount just for using the code. Ready? Duffy. 
How about that? It's kind of fun. Super easy, very simple, 24-7 point-of-sale solution that includes cloud reporting and a world-class 24-7 support. Again, it's trycake.com forward slash Duffy. We're talking about 75% off. Guess what, everybody? Take a look at trycake.com forward slash Duffy and get your own slice of the cake. I have a great little sandwich shop near me, and I want to talk to you about this as well. I have a great little sandwich shop near me, and I do... Scrapple, pork roll, and turkey sausage. So I take my healthy side with the turkey sausage. I'll fuck it up with some Philly with some Scrapple. And then I just add in some Jersey with some pork roll on it. Ready for this? On with it on a long roll with cheese and an egg white omelet with spinach in it. <laughs> All this on one piece of bread. Everything in moderation, right? Everything in moderation. Just just off of a uh, uh, sheer variety of different meats and add some toppings on there. I got to try that at least once. He's like, so good. turkey sausage. I'm going to say Taylor ham because that's the way Northern Jersey says. I got Taylor. you. You're right. You're right. And for the egg whites and spinach on what kind of bread? On a long roll. Oh, okay. On that a long pretty roll. pretty good, actually. I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm going to go tomorrow and I'm going to get another picture of it. What and was your, growing up, what was your... What was your comfort food in your house? What was that? My comfort food was oxtails. Something so delicious and that gelatinous nature that it gets from the from the, the marrow from the tail and just with rice and peas. And my mom, she put butter beans and like little dumplings in there because that's like sure. kind of the Jamaican Dude, I way. Fuck, nobody does a dumpling anymore. Nobody does a good fucking dumpling anymore. We should do a dumpling. I love something comforting and pillowy. That's why I love milk because oh. it's so similar to, to the dumplings I grew up with. Uh, nothing like a good dumpling, man. Uh, now, were you, was was Jamaican the, uh, the was that the style in your house, even though both of your parents were chefs at that time frame, or were they more aggressive than just the classic Jamaican fare? Um, I'd probably say 75% Jamaican, you know, oxtail, curry goat, stew chicken, Jerk right. chicken, all that, but um, you know they've thrown the occasional lasagna, spaghetti. <laughs> you know, it's like the um, last uh, thing I'd expect low. to come out. <laughs> so low. funny, and mom's fucking up some lasagna. <laughs> even though you know it, she wasn't born with that, you know, just right. her being an American, them being very good chefs, were able to adapt and make some really kick ass. You know, they eat fucking kids. Out. Yeah, a lot of eight kids. kids, and you guys. Now, what, what's your age range? I am 37, and the brother above me, he what, eight years on me, so he's 45. And, you know, they were all born in Jamaica, so I was probably the accident. Oh, shit. You got another one, baby? Welcome still, to America. I'm still the favorite. <laughs> Welcome to America. Welcome Boom. to America. He's baby baby. Time. There you go. <laughs> um, yes. That's so funny. And then, because for like, so when I was in Jamaica three years ago, yeah. I ended up cooking in a little in a little restaurant. Mm-hmm. I was just walking through. And then where are your where's your family from? What part? My dad is from Kingston, okay. uh, and then my mother she's from Saint Anne, like okay. up in the mountains. Where I like yeah. to say, Saint Anne ain't nothing but Blue Mountain coffee and ganja. And the ganja. Like, <laughs> are you? Are you a? You don't have to answer this because I mean you're you're in the public eye. I get that. Are you a fan of the marijuana? Am I a fan of the marijuana? Mom is probably listening to this, so I'm gonna say no. 
Yeah. I'm the Jamaican mom. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got, I'll, I'll back off of that conversation. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> I was in, so I was in, I guess I was down in Montego Bay and, and, and first off, there's certain parts that are just not good parts. And I found most of them while I was there because I'm an explorer. I'm a wanderer, but I ended up in a kitchen cooking with a group of guys for like four hours because I wanted to learn how to make ackee and salt cut. Oh, that salt. to me yeah. was like the, now I don't like it. I'm not a salt cod guy. I'm not even an ackee guy, yeah. but I, there was something I just had to learn that dish. Yeah. Was that a big thing in your house? Yes. Every Sunday morning, Easter morning, like ackee and Office was the bomb. You said it entirely too properly. I'm gonna I'm a Jamaican fight for you. Do it. You can say, Patois. Say Aki. Aki. Right. Say it. Say Aki. 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 And and codfish. 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 All I know is bumper, baby. All I know in my patois, all I know is bumper. She got a <laughs> bumper, baby. I like her bumper. <laughs> bumper I know. Bumper nice. <laughs> What'd you say? Bumpa big, bumpa nice. Bumpa big, exactly. Man, I love Jamaican. Jamaican people are just some of my. They're just some of my favorite people. I love the island. I love the culture. You know, I love. I love scotchies like the 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 Jamaican the jerk hut where they're cooking on the on the sweet wood. The The fuck that. Wood, yes. Scotchies is fire. I just had some last summer in the grill. Some of the best jerk chicken you can uh, find on the island. Yes. But the, the thing to me is the process of what they do. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I feel bad for people to travel with me because I'm like, let's go check out this farmer's market. You know, yeah. like, let's go down to the because I don't do I don't do second. I don't do spinoff restaurants. No. I do original locations. To me, original yeah. locations are the key. So. I- and I'll be honest, I don't know if Scotchies is the original location in Montego Bay or not, but I did love it. But I sat down the last time I was down there and I sat at the bar and just drank some beers, you know, ordered a little bit of food here and there, got a little touch at this. The bartender ended up liking me and just ordered some food. I started having, having these great conversations with these old Jamaican guys, you yeah. know, like old school Jamaican guys. And this was oh. right after the whole thing happened with Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, it was a fucked up time, and we were having this. Dude, I was there for four hours. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, Love and, and it, the, the the Jamaican conversation mm-hmm. is 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 amazing because it goes culture, it goes politics, yeah. it goes you know financial. Like it's a mm-hmm. great conversation, and they're and they are debaters. Oh yeah, man, Jamaicans can talk. Like but, I can tell you about stories of my my aunts and uncles that go on for hours just talking about you know uh, uh, different types of <laughs> ways to make Aki and Salfish to make it a six hour sure. conversation. We love talking. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge fan. I, I uh, do you get back? I mean, do you do you still have a lot of family that's there? Do you get back there often? Man, I got family I've never even met in my entire life. My family's so big, but the majority is in New Jersey. I have a lot still in um, oh, Jamaica. Okay. And um, contrary to popular belief, a lot of people don't know Jamaica is super duper, super duper small island, smaller than Jersey. And you know how you say six degrees of separation? Um, it's more like two. It feels like every every reunion, every family celebration, I meet a new uh, relative. And oddly enough, uh, the rapper Buster Rhymes, that's my mother's cousin's son. And my grandmother's cousin 
is Bob Marley's mother. So like we're all related one way or another. So that's why I don't, I'm kind of leery of dating Jamaican women because they might be like, in my extended family. Seriously, dude. (laughs) Fuck that. Yeah, DNA. Hey, I'd love to take you to dinner. Do you mind, uh, you know, 20, 23 and me real quick? Can yeah. I just have a blood sample? For quick real, DNA real, swab. Really? Real quick. Just, just take this, just take this toothpick or just take this, this, uh, uh, uh fuck. I can't even think of it. Q-tip and just drop it in your mouth real quick. Just quickly before exactly. I kiss you. That's so you know, funny. A little, rush, little Russian roulette with bacon, bacon Jamaican women, you know? So, <laughs> exactly. It is what it is. So what's your so so one of the things we're talking about today also is is you know we're doing this we're doing this thing in Vegas next week for nightclub and bar yeah and I'm I'm stoked are you a big Vegas guy man um Vegas is fun it's hot as hell I'm when but, I was there um, it fucking snowed last week when I was there dude in Vegas three weeks ago dude it was the first time in eleven years. And it fucking snowed. Dude, I booked a hotel with a pool that went on for days upon days. That motherfucker was cold. It was 50 (laughs) degrees the whole time I was there. It snowed. First time it snowed in in 11 years. That's cray cray. Yeah, but it gets hot, man. It gets very, very hot. My first time there was, uh, what, uh, August a couple years back. And I felt like I was melting, like where I, I Ubered everywhere. It'd be a half block, a block, a mile. I Ubered everywhere because I don't know what hell feels like, but I'm pretty sure it feels a little bit like Dude, Vegas. It's craziness, man. There's a lot. It's hot. It gets hot as balls. That's why those casinos do so well. You know, you look <laughs> at people that are walking the strip. I don't even, I, like, yeah. we're not even staying on the strip. We stay pretty far yeah. down just yeah. because I, I've done Vegas so many times trying to get an Uber, trying to get a cab when you're staying at Caesars, you yeah. know, is, is, a, is a shit show. So I try to keep us off the strip. I try to keep us pretty low key with where we are. You guys yeah. get to do your own shit. But but one of the things that we're doing out there is this food and beverage innovation center, which what I do, I've done over the last bunch of years is get a bunch of great chefs together who mm-hmm. all have really good ideas and really want to play. And that's why I wanted you out there. You know, you're doing you're doing a uh, you're doing a deviled egg with a prosciutto bacon and foie, foie gras. Oh, that's right. I forgot yes. you did foie gras deviled egg. I forgot foie about it. Foie gras deviled egg. Yes. And it, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a pretty neat experience for everybody. And anybody who's, who's here right now, I'm just going to say it real fast. You know, this show, this show is airing right now. You still have an opportunity to get tickets for the show. You're just going to go to NCB show forward slash registration. And if you put in the code chef bride of, you guys are going to be able to get $50 off your badge. You can come into the food and beverage innovation center. You're going to have an opportunity to meet David Rose. Um, you know, and, and he's a dynamic individual. Plus he's a super nice guy. So if you get that opportunity to come out, um, I mean, what, so, so what's, what's kind of next for you? You've, you've got some, you know, you're doing stuff with Harley. How did Harley come about? Oh, Harley Davidson, funny thing. I used to be part of a bike club back in the day in Atlanta, Georgia called Iron Bread. And every year, different States, um, this bike organization would have the, um, what was it called? I think Biker Roundup, not Biker, I think Biker Roundup, I believe. Anyway, long story short, there's like workshops and different activations and sponsors. So I had a chance, it's in uh, a chance meeting with the uh, director of uh, PR and marketing for Harley Davidson. And I was just talking about my love of motorcycles and how I think they'd be doing a disservice if they did not film something and highlight Atlanta. Oh. Uh, we became quick friends. And then from there, they actually did a, a three-video series with me, my bike club, and other bike clubs in Atlanta. 
and they actually documented our journey from Atlanta to Daytona for Daytona Bike Week, and it culminated with us in Bike Week. And there's actually a patch. Um, it, it says 110 years commemorating Harley and commemorating the African-American biker. So on this patch, it's me on my motorcycle, and they had this freedom jacket that was part of the marketing. So if you go to the Harley Museum in Milwaukee, you'll see my head, my bike in the museum. It's pretty oh, cool. That's awesome, dude. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Man. Pretty cool. So now, what, what do you ride now? I uh, still got the Harley. Um, fingers crossed, trying to get a road glide this year. Um, but this, I ride a currently ride a 2010 Fat Boy Low, blacked okay. out, eight hangers, fishtails, and I rode that bike everywhere. I rode it from Atlanta to Miami, really? Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, but I want to stretch my wings and go, you know, coast to coast. So I'm gonna get me a bagger, prep right. your road glide, and and check that off my list of to dos in the next year. I did. Uh, I do, I do the Pacific Northwest in June and July. I did fifteen hundred nice. miles last year. Yeah, I did it on a on a eighteen Road King, seven, nice. seventeen or sixteen, whatever it was. Right. I'm not a big bagger guy, but as I start to get older, I'm like, I need a little comfort, man. I got a. I have an 07 Street Bob that I love. I love yeah. it. I've got drag bars on the front. Yeah. You know, I've got short pipes in the back. I keep it pretty mm-hmm. tight. Yeah. Uh, I started off though. I started off with an 05 Sporty, nice. an 883, which I still fucking love, dude. I wish 883. Yeah, that's, that's I a, wish that's I had a that. Little bike. mud right there. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Perfect for the city. Perfect in and out in the city. Like me riding this bitch down in the city, I may as well have an 18 wheeler. <laughs> you know, it rides hard. I still have a hard tail. I don't go into the soft yeah. tail world, and and it rides hard, but it's a great fucking bike, man. So um, I if I get you right, we're doing a, a bike ride, preferably cross country up the coast pretty soon. That's what it sounds like. That's I mean, I would love like right to. I'd love to try to work that out. I've got to see what's going on, and 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 um, you know, maybe we can try. I'd love to do something. I would love to ride the coast of California to get up. I, don't get me wrong. I love the mountains. I love okay. flying through these these state forests and state parks. But I need some. I think I need some. I need some ocean air. Mm-hmm. In my wings, that'd be fun. Okay. That'd be a nice little trip on the Cal on the you know to go from like San Diego to San Francisco. Yes, yes. What's San that? Francisco ten hours. So how, how? What is that? Like ten hours? Uh, about that, I think probably yeah, give or take. You yeah, know, but I would rather do it on a bike those ten hours than in a car. Hands oh, down. absolutely. And, and I, but I'd break it up. I think I'd like to break it up. I'm I'm the type of guy like I like a small town. Uh-huh. You pull the bike in. You stay at a fucking motel. You yeah. know. You pull your bike in front of the door, yeah. you know, like that's, that's my, now are you, are you like a luxury rider? I guess on a fat boy, not really. There's not a lot of luxury. Nah, nah you have, not a, you have really a fat bad. boy soft tail though, right? Fat boy soft tail is blacked out, matte black. You know, right. it looks like something, you know, Batman would ride and it's very minimalistic. I like that old school kind of bobber Same look. Way. Same but, way, dude. But me doing so much things with Harley, I've ridden on everything. Something about that music. On the road glide and the bags, yeah. And comfort, you know, you could just auto cruise control, cruise you know, fucking like, control. Man, what is like, that what's shit? This, what's this devil? Trip? What is this sorcery you're talking about? Cruise what control. Is that weird. You know? have to spin a little it's button underside awesome. the right under under the throttle. That if I ever let go of my handlebar and hit something, I'm still going to be going 85 miles an hour. There's something yeah. wrong with that. What, once you go with cruise control, you're spoiled. It's a different it's world. Cool. It's it a different is. world. It really, really is. So I like. I have it. A, 
I have a good buddy of mine who I'd love and I want to make sure actually you'll meet him this year at NCB. His name's Bryce Cooper. Bryce has been on the show as well. Bryce rode uh, street bikes for Harley for a couple years on the circuit. And Bryce is a fucking maniac. Like and he's got he he won't dude for his 40th birthday he sent me a a, a video of him wing walking what walking like <laughs> wing 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 like of a biplane oh oh yeah yeah exactly how does, how does that work <laughs> yeah, well one one you know bryce that's how that works but but <laughs> bryce is a collector of old bikes and i rode a 62 Road Glide, Road Glide, Road King. I can't remember. 62, which was the worst ride I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it's not much in the shocks and comfort so, back then, well, I don't think he's ever changed the brakes. I don't think, like, it was a it was a hard bike to ride, man. It was a really hard bike to ride. It was a tough are one. You, so. are, you still, are you still applying hemorrhoid cream to this day since riding oh, it? Dude, you're kidding me. That day was hard. I looked at Bryce. <laughs> I looked at Bryce. We, we rode from L.A. down or Venice down into Long Beach. And uh, when we got off in Long Beach, I was like, I will never fucking ride with you again. And I love him. I love Bryce like a brother, but I'll yeah. never ride one of his classic bikes again. He's like, slow down. You're going too fast. You're hitting the brakes too hard. The clutch is too much. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. Turn around now. I'm going back. to. I, I was like a baby. I was like, I'm going back. to LA. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, I'd love to. I'd love to ride with you, man. I'd love to. I'd Ooh. love to get out. And I, I like guys who like bikes, man. I do. Dude, dude, let's do it, man. You know, stop at a couple of really cool restaurants, bars, pubs on the way and just make a journey out of it, dude. I'm game 110 percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. That'd be a good time. So, um, all right, brother. Well, I've held you up long enough. Uh, we're an hour and 10 into this. So um, I uh, I'm stoked to see you in Vegas, man. I really am. I'm excited to get Me to hang too. out with you. Oh, yeah. We've got a really good group of people out there. You already know Jen. You know, uh, I mean, Jason Santos and Kev D and yeah. uh, Kayla. Kayla's like my sister. She's just a wonderful human. Keith Love. Breedlove and his wife are going to be out there. We've got some great chefs doing some cool stuff. So I'm excited for you to get out there and, and be able to play around with us. So, um, But uh, Dave, why don't you do me a favor? Give me, your, uh, give me your info again so we can get everybody to follow you and reach out to you because you do a lot of really cool shit all over the country, whether it be TV or in a kitchen, you do some pretty cool shit, man. Thank you, my brother. You do as well. So again, you can follow me at chefdavidrose.com on my Facebook, Chef David Rose, Instagram, Chef David Rose, and you know what, Twitter, David at chefdavidrose.com. Or David at Chef David. See, I don't even know my there handle go. on Twitter. No. There you <laughs> go. I know. Just it's go the to worst. chefdavidrose.com and it links to everything. It's got everything right there. Anything you need to plug? Anything you need to tell us about? Or or are we still in secret world? We're in secret world. Yeah, we got some really cool things coming up with uh, Nissan. Uh, They have a um, uh, Calling All Titans campaign where they partnered with one of their partners is Habitat for Humanity. So look for some cool stuff I'll be doing with Nissan and Habitat for Humanity. A couple big green egg events, food and wine events. The next one coming up in Puerto Rico. It's the uh, Saboria Food and Wine Festival from the 4th and the 7th in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Check that out. Another really cool Food Network personality will be there as well, Monte Carlo. Uh, sister from another mister. And I will also be at the um, Nirvana Food and Wine Festival in Scottsdale, Arizona with a good buddy of mine, Bo McMillan. You got Scott Conan out there. Dude, Robert he's such Irvin a good dude. Out there all, speaking of arms, I hope yeah. to finally arm wrestle Robert this time because I saw yeah. him me up last tell, 
Tell Robert he's tell Robert he's got to get back on my podcast. Done deal. I'm on. Yeah, no, he was uh, he was supposed to get on, and we had technical issues, and then I don't have time for technical issues. I I guess. <laughs> to hell with do. I'm not going to chase. I'm not going to chase. Hey, but, I'll, uh, I'll holler at him there for you and a couple TV projects, some stuff that's um, coming out shortly with Pickler and Ben, as well as some stuff behind the scenes. As, nice. as soon as it materializes, I will spare with the masses. I love it. I love it. All right, brother. I will see you in 10 days. Uh, yes, actually, when this airs, I will see you in three days. So I'm stoked okay. to get some time out there with you. I appreciate all your time today. And uh, I'll talk to you this week, man. Thank you. Much love, brother. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Let's Vegas. Man. All right. Take care, Bye. Dave. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Peace. Chefs, that's what we do, guys. We bullshit. We talk back and forth. We throw a little bit of food in there. We throw uh, a, a little bit of, of history and culture. And it's one of the things I like about David. You know, he he grown up in a Jamaican family that way with a big family and watching all that food around him for all those years, you know, and then making that leap into culinary school, um, you know, and then the cool part about that is that 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 year uh, after graduation with that four seasons where he had the balls and the gumption really to go and and to have that conversation with the chef and his chef was like, ah, you're never going to make it. You're going to get this, you know, and then to be able to create a career, you know, Dave's got a really good career with what he does with his uh, personal chef business, as well as all the celebrities and, and athletes that he works with. And, you know, his sponsorships are big, man. You know, he's a good sponsor guy. I see him really representing the brands that work with him well between Green Egg and, and Harley and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool, man. It's a nice little world to watch him be involved in. And I'm excited to get him out to Vegas so we can hang out and have some fun. So, um, so that's kind of what I got for everybody this week. You know, this is, uh, these are my chef talks. These are the ones that we're going to be doing. I'm going to try to get a couple more of them a month going on, um, as well as maybe dot in some of the crazy characters that I get to meet along the way. Uh, you know, last week's episode, um, was, was kind of fun. You know, it was a good little episode. I enjoyed that conversation. And, and even the week before, you know, that conversation with Jacqueline Mangione about plates and, um, you know, her travels around the country, I'm actually going to be seeing, um, uh, Jackie in, or Jackie, Jackie, look at that. Seeing Jacqueline in Dallas this week. So I'm pretty stoked about that as well. But, uh, so that's what I got for everybody. This is uh duffified live, which, uh, we got to thank the right people. We got to thank the boys down there at radioinfluence.com for all their experience and their unbelievable, uh, uh, desire to help and create great podcasts. You got a podcast, reach out to them right now. Trust me, talk to Jerry and Jason, find out what these guys are about. And I'll tell you what, I went through a lot of time dealing with some dickheads. I really dealt with some people that just didn't have the best interest of what I was trying to do and the professionalism that I really wanted to hold with this show, the organization of it, and the quality of it. You know, I mean, Jerry and Jason put a great product together, and I'm really glad that I was able to partner and sign with these guys because they're just rock stars. You got a great idea for a podcast? Reach out to the boys at RadioInfluence.com. Very easy to get to. The name is RadioInfluence.com. Then we got to thank the big old Magli Gagliardi. She's a rock star as well. I love working with her and doing all the caricatures. Michelle out there. By the way, follow Maggie Gagliardi at MagsArt, M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. Reach out to Michelle. She does all of my websites and all my other stuff. I love these people. I thank them for being a part of it. And I hope you guys have an awesome week. And based on our conversation last week about human trafficking and all the other stuff, I want everybody to step back for one second and I want you to realize we're all humans, man. We all are humans. We all have the same breakdown. 
We all have the same stuff, skin and bones and blood and, and, and muscles and ligaments and tissue and all that stuff in our bodies. And it doesn't matter about what kind of clothes they wear. It doesn't matter what color their skin is or what religion they are. We're all night. We got to take care of each other, man. We're the only people we got right now, so take care of each other. That's my niceness for the end of this day. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on Duffified Live. Great day. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. I'm Tracy Beans, host of the new podcast, Dark to Light with Frank and Beans on Radio Influence. It's a new show about politics, but not the way you're used to. What we talk about is actually true. And it's also stuff they don't want you to hear. So we bring it to you weekly. All the intrigue and spin and double talk spelled out for you right with my co-host Frank's special flavor of commentary. Don't miss him. He's an experience. So join us. Dark to Light with Frank and me, Tracy Beans, drops each Friday on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.